It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Cincy 360. 60 minutes, one topic, every angle, all local. Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Good afternoon. This is Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. If you haven't heard this show before, this is one hour of local sports talk in the afternoon. We're back at 3.05 today. But for your lunch hour, it's one topic, every angle, 60 minutes, all local. James Rapine is here, and James, the Bengals won on Sunday, which maybe made people put away their pitchforks when it comes to Marvin Lewis for at least a week. (laughs) Um, He obviously, this entire season, is set up against the backdrop of him not having a contract beyond this year. So we don't know for sure who the Bengals head coach is going to be in 2018. But the question is, should Bengals fans appreciate what they have with their head coach instead of already wanting to run him out of town? It's interesting, and and that's something last year and in 2015 – when it came up after they lost the playoff game in 2015, and then they go six nine and one, you gotta. It's hard in the moment to appreciate what you have, mm-hmm. but he's got an over 500 record. Throw out zero and seven in the playoffs, still over 500. You remember the days before Marvin, mm-hmm. and I know that that's almost fear based, almost that you don't want to go back into the stone ages of Bengals football, but it's true. He's changed things here. He's made he what at one point had made five straight playoff appearances with Andy Dalton, AJ Green era in that era so i think it's a lot easier to say oh get marvin and get someone better than done well what i always have a hard time with look i don't trust marvin lewis in the playoffs because you have to earn my trust and mm-hmm. and it's fair to hammer away at his postseason record like i do it you do it we all do it i get it but it shouldn't be the only thing we talk about i, I tend to look at him from the standpoint of if you look at his tenure how many times have the bengals underachieved as a whole mm-hmm. how many times Probably 06, probably 07, certainly 2010. And I'm not sure all of that was on Marvin Lewis. So for the most part, he's either overachieved or he's achieved to the level that you would expect in the regular season. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think he's overachieved quite often. I think 2003, I think 2011, I think 2012, I think to an extent 2014 because they lose two coordinators and had a ton of injuries. Agreed with 2014. Yeah, like I think he's, he's overachieved. As much, if not more, than he's underachieved when you look at the entire body of work. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to appreciate that. And then I look at this year. For this year, we talked about this back in July. I never looked at this season as, man, the Bengals have a playoff team. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way now. I didn't feel that way in, in July. I haven't looked at it as the Bengals have a second weekend of the playoff team. So if we're going to judge the head coach solely by what he does this year, and he's not equipped with a playoff team, and right now I think it's hard to argue that he is, then you have to judge him by some other criteria, right? You do, but I don't think fans are going to. No. He, he's been here too long. It's the same old narrative. He feels I, – I think fans are bored with Marvin. I, I think it's almost as simple as that. I'm a, bored a lot with of Marvin fans, Lewis. Yeah. I, I think fans are just bored with him, even though he is a really good coach. Look, say what you want – 
But last week we were talking about, at least I threw it out there, Andy Dalton could be benched if he struggles against Cleveland. Mm -hmm. He didn't struggle against Cleveland. He was awesome against Cleveland, and he'll be the starter moving forward, I assume. But Marvin Lewis is one of those coaches that throughout his tenure has went over 500, has been to the playoffs seven times. And most of those times, like 11, you didn't expect him to win. 12, I don't think you expected him to win that playoff game. Even in 15, which was as close to a playoff win as he could have been, Mm -hmm. he had his backup quarterback. He was down. He did. They didn't score until the fourth quarter. They were down fifteen nothing, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah. So to me, he's done a really good job. But fans might just be bored with him. Fans are wondering what's out there, and I get it. I get it. I totally understand it. But be careful what you wish for, because what's out there might not be as good as what you have. Let's come back to that concept of boredom, because I share it. But you go back to those playoff games, if we're going to do that, mm-hmm. and a lot of fans want to do that, the 0-7 record in the playoffs. I hold Marvin Lewis accountable for one and a half of those. <laughs> 2005, he played the second half with John Kitna, and he had an immensely undisciplined team. They lost to the team that ultimately Most won the Most of the first half with Kitna, too. Right, yeah, I mean, no, yeah. They, they built a lead in the first half with John Kitna, and I remember thinking at the time, like, this isn't going to last. This team's not mature enough to handle this across 60 minutes. And by the way, the Steelers that year went on to win the whole thing. Yep. The 2009 team was running out of gas. You could feel it in December. So much went into that season. The Chris Henry death, Mike Zimmer's wife earlier in the year, they won 10 games. Marvin Lewis squeezed as much out of that team with Carson Palmer not playing great, squeezed as much as he could from that team. He was the coach of the year. That was a dead team walking against the Jets. They were running on fumes. That's not Marvin Lewis's fault. 11 and 12, come on. Those, the 11 team wasn't a playoff team. They backed in. They got lucky because the league was weak that year. 2012, they got hot late, go to Houston, lose. The 13 game I hold against Marvin because Marvin and Andy, because Andy was awful, turned the ball over a bunch of times, and it just kind of felt like the Bengals weren't ready to play, especially on defense up front where Mike Zimmer's defensive line got gashed on the ground. The 14 team, they were pulling guys off the street in Indianapolis to play against the Colts. And the 15 game, I only hold it against Marvin because the lack of discipline that's so often associated with his team came back to bite him. But as a whole, I don't put these seven playoff losses on Marvin Lewis. Now, let's come back to the concept of boredom, because I'm bored with Marvin Lewis. I admit that. Yeah, I, but but boredom isn't a reason to break up. You don't break up with your girlfriend because you're bored. You try to fix it. You try to freshen it up. You try to reignite things. At least you should. So what I'd like to think is that the infusion of youth that is paying off, certainly on the defensive side of the ball for this team, that by the end of the season, there is a sense of freshness that goes along with how I feel about the head coach. Hopefully. I mean, that, that that's certainly the hope. And you're right. I mean, that that's what this is. This is a marriage midway through. Mm -hmm. It it, it seems that way. And it can go one of two ways. Either Marvin could walk away at the end of the year, there's no contract, or the Bengals could decide to keep him. And I I think the freshness among fans, the perception of fans, I don't know if that's changing. I don't. No, I agree with you. Uh, Even if the the defense looks better and continues what it's doing, because right now it's a top-five defense through four weeks, and the offense shows some flashes – even if let, let's say Marvin Lewis got this team to the playoffs, they're mm-hmm. one and three, zero oh and three start. They get to the playoffs, nine and seven, ten and six, mm-hmm. and they lose to insert whatever team. Right? Is that enough? Well, and here's the thing about the whole hold the playoff. for fans. Is that enough for fans? Right. Here, it's a great question. Here's the thing about the playoff resume, right? And mm-hmm. I, I've brought this up for a long time now. Let's say they got to the postseason this year mm-hmm. and they found a way to win a playoff game, and then they lose the following week. Is one and eight that much better than zero and seven? 
Like, if you're, if you're done with Marvin, you're just going to move the goal line. You're just going to say, well, big deal. He finally won a playoff game. It took him 15 years. Like, nothing short of a championship. And, and, and not that this thinking is necessarily wrong. I get it. In fact, as a fan, I share some of it. But if he wins a playoff game, one stinking playoff game, there's a lengthy list of bad head coaches who have won playoff games. If he mm-hmm. finally wins one playoff game, and then they get blown out the following week, is that going to satisfy everybody? No. We'll, we'll get excited about the one playoff win, first one in 27 years, first one for Marvin Lewis, and then we'll go back to wondering if they lose the following week, is Marvin Lewis the guy? So, it, it, And then this year's team. Let's say this. Let's say they rebound from an 0-3 start, put everything together, and they got to 10 wins, which probably is still not going to be enough to win the division. Mm-hmm. So Marvin at that point would get Coach of the Year votes. It would represent his greatest in-season turnaround, maybe his best coaching job. Are you going to undo all that? You're going to negate all that because Andy Dalton plays poorly in a playoff game, or an inexperienced group of players don't show up in a playoff game? Like I, I just, it's so black and white for a lot of people, and it's it shouldn't be. It's certainly not for the Bengals, but I don't think it, it is for me either. I think people view it that way, and it's so black and white because you can do that from the outside perspective. Your friend can say, "Oh, break up with her, dude. You're not happy. You, you know, let's go get beers. You, you know, you're." you're relative or someone on the outside could say that but how many people give advice it can't take it mm-hmm. think about it mm-hmm. so, so like it's real easy to say oh you should do this it's a lot harder to do it mm-hmm. and, and that's that's where i think the Bengals are at in, in, in their perception because they know what they have in marvin mike brown has dealt with other coaches this, mm-hmm. this isn't his first go around with coaches knows what he has and you're right i don't think the bar in-house is necessarily a playoff win. I don't think that that matters much. They obviously want to win a championship. I, I, I people question that. Sure. I definitely think the Brown family wants to win a championship. Absolutely about it. That's the bar for them. They until they believe that Marvin cannot do that. I think that they'll welcome him there. So could that be this year? Could they decide to part ways? Sure, but but I think that that's kind of their mindset. Even with all the outside noise, in some of that noise is valid. Yeah, no, a lot of that noise is valid. Yeah. Like, I understand why everybody, not everybody, why a lot of people feel the way they do about Marvin Lewis. Let me, let me, let me bring this up. Um, we talk about what defines success for certain teams. It's like with the Reds, okay? I view 2017 as a success because I have a good idea of what the pieces are going to be when they're good again. Now more has to happen. I kind of view the Bengals through the same filter. Number one, I didn't think they were going to be as good this year as you did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and most people didn't think they were going to be as good this year as you did. Yeah. And so that's okay. So for me, it's always been about feel, vibe, uh, freshness. I want to feel about this team that it's moving in the right direction. That is going to happen. If- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If it's core and it's younger guys, the guys they've added in the last couple of drafts, are starting to show some things. And it's hard to say this after one and three. It's hard to say after John Ross has only played five snaps. And by the way, we crushed Marvin Lewis for the way he handled John Ross in that Texas sure. game. Understandably so. Yes. I thought it was awful. But for me, it's always been about how do I feel about this collection of young players being added to the core? And if I feel good about it, 
that to me is going to reflect good on the head coach, and I'm going to feel comfortable with this head coach moving forward with these guys. And I still might get there. They might go 7-9. and nine. They might go 6-10, and 10, and I could still feel that way. Sure, you absolutely could. And the thing I've noticed about the Bengals this year and Marvin, there's urgency. I mean, there's urgency. Their offensive line, their biggest weakness, they're swapping out Cedric Abue. He mm-hmm. didn't even start last game. Yeah. They're, they're swapping out Jake Fisher. Not afraid to admit that those guys might not be up to snuff. Marvin Lewis is playing Carl Lawson a lot. He's not forcing Michael Johnson into a big role on defense. The young guys are playing, man. Yeah, and it seems it seems weird to, to say that because what we killed him for after the first game was this is a team that doesn't look like it has a sense of urgency, mm-hmm. and it didn't. But everything the organization has done, look, the, the, the call to fire Ken Zampezi didn't come from Marvin Lewis. I'm led to believe he was certainly on board with it. But everything, the way they've run the team, you brought up the offensive line. You brought up using the young guys. Even they've changed the rotation at running back, and we certainly want to see more of that in favor of Joe Mixon. Yeah. It does feel like... As a team, they're not sitting around thinking, okay, things are going to get better. We don't need to tweak. They've been very proactive in tweaking since week one. They have, and and that's the thing. Marvin has been open to change. The Bengals open to change. At this point, maybe the change works. Maybe they do make a run. And if not, the Bengals have clearly shown they're they're willing to move on. Ken Zampezi was here since 2003, I believe. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) they cut ties with the guy who's been here a long time. Uh, so I, I don't think they would be afraid to do so with Marvin either if they don't get the results they want. He's Mo Egger. I'm James Erpine. This is ESPN 1530. You're listening to Cincy 360. We do this in each and every day. We're going to continue the Marvin Lewis conversation. And I have a question for you, Mo, because I think Marvin Lewis compares to another head coach that right now is probably the best head coach in the NFL. We'll get to that up next. He's Mo Egger. I'm James Erpine. This is Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. 60 minutes, one topic, every angle, all local. This is Cincy 360, segment two on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Live and local on your lunch hour, this is Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger with James Rapine. Our blogs are at ESPN1530.com. Coming up in about five minutes, you're going to hear a national sports talk radio host mention a coach that one franchise let get away who's now thriving. I'm guessing you know who I'm talking about, but first, James, I have a question for you. The Bengals have done a very good job. Say what you want about them. They've done a very good job, really, over the last decade and a half, but specifically over the last four or five years, of keeping their best players who are in their prime. Some guys have gotten away. That's inevitable. Mohamed Sanu wasn't one of their best guys. Marvin Jones, complimentary player. Andrew Whitworth was one of his one of their best players, but you could argue not in his prime. Mm-hmm. Kevin Zeitler was maybe one of their best players in his prime, but he didn't play a premium position. For the most part, they've kept Green, Atkins, say what you want about him, Dalton, Giovanni Bernard, um, they've Carlos Dunlap, they've kept their best guys. Iloka, they've maintained a core. And so my question for you is, how much of that, we talk about how it reflects on the organization, how much of that reflects on the head coach? I think a lot. Look, it, Marvin Lewis is the boss. That's who you work for day in, day out. That's who you work with the most. He might not be signing off on the checks, but think about it that way. I mean, uh, who signs off on your checks? That's not necessarily who you answer to. Day in and day out. And if you listen to 
Adam Jones talk about him. Vontez Perfect talk about him. Uh, in the past, Chad Johnson, Andy Dalton. All of these guys have talked about him mm-hmm. in a good light. Mm-hmm. And it's not like when players move on, usually if they're a bad coach or the culture's bad, you hear something about him, something leaks. I haven't really heard much about Marvin Lewis in that way. So, And yeah. a number of them have come back. Correct. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and that's something that we kind of ripped the Bengals for is going back to the well and getting those guys back. But I think that that shows, look, what Marvin did, he came here in 2003 and he changed the culture. Mm -hmm. They didn't like the direction it was heading in 09-10 and they changed it completely, flipped it a bit. Yep. And say what you want, but from 11 to now, if if Marvin got hired the day Andy Dalton, A.J. Green were drafted, from then to now... Mm -hmm. I think his legacy, his perception, the perception of him would be different. Um, so to me, yes, if you're a player, if you're Andy Dalton, why wouldn't you want to play for the same coach, have that stability around you, especially if you get along well with him? Yeah, look, the Bengals, are, the, the, the Bengals pay their players handsomely, but they're not overpaying anybody. It's oh. one of the reasons why they've been able to keep so many guys. It's, it's not like these players are rolling their eyes going, man, I can't stand my boss, but they're paying me so much more money. The Bengals are giving market deals. And so, yes, some of these deals are signed before the player hits free agency, and so the player might elect for some level of security, all well and good. But if you, you don't sign up, if the money's the same, you look at the other factors, and one of them is always the boss. If, if, if you're offered you know, the same salary at two different jobs, and you've been at one for a while, and the boss is a jerk, you're not going to work for that boss anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think Marvin has a lot to do with that. And I think you have to consider that moving forward. Look, it's it's not to say that if you if you fired Marvin or let his contract expire without bringing him back, it's not to say that the next coach would be a jerk. In fact, the next next coach might be more affable. But there is a comfort level that seems to be there with their best players. And I'm not necessarily sure that right now you want to disrupt that. By the way, Vontez Perfect, who we talked about extensively yesterday, is one of their best players. Say what you want about his relationship with Marvin Lewis and whether that's been good or bad for the Bengals, and I think there's been both. I don't want to piss off Vontez Perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 Vont if Marvin Lewis coaching Vontez Perfect is the right thing, and I think it might be, and I wouldn't have said that a year and a half ago, I want that to continue. If there's a relationship between A.J. Green and Marvin Lewis that seems to be thriving, I'm not sure I want to disrupt that. I think you have to keep that in mind. I think the Bengals keep that in mind. A lot of fans do not. See, fans hear comfort level, and they're going to hear you say comfort level and be like, oh, what? It's football. I don't want comfort level. I want to grind. And Comfort level isn't a bad thing. We like being comfortable in our jobs. That doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't have goals or, or – ideas of, of success or paths that you want to go down. But comfort is a big thing. It's a big thing in the NFL because it's such a, a cutthroat business. I mean, one day you're there, the next day you're not. We've seen it from, from teams all the time. So, yeah, I think comfort level, you said that, and I was instantly like, oh, that's something fans look at maybe in a negative light, but it shouldn't be looked at that way, I don't think. I think everybody at some point in their life has made a decision based on comfort. It could be at home. It could be at work. It, it could be a lifestyle decision. It could be where you live, whatever. You, you make decisions based on, on comfort level, not just your comfort, but the comfort of, of others involved with what you do. And I think the players, their best players' comfort level is important. Look, it's, this isn't one of those teams where their best players aren't hard workers. This isn't one of those teams where there seems to be disharmony in the locker room. Mm-hmm. In, in, in that case, you go, okay, you might need a coach who shakes things up, right? We, we do that all the time in baseball. Someone's going to come in and rattle some cages and throw stuff around the locker room, even though that really doesn't happen unless you're watching Bull Durham. Um, 
this team doesn't need that. Look, they have their flaws. Their flaws might be attrition has you know created a little bit of a of a talent gap. It might be youth. It it might be uh, losing coordinators consistently. It could at times be leadership. Maybe it was staleness. Maybe it's age at a certain position. It certainly has been limitation at quarterback. I don't think you would ever say it's it's effort by the players. I don't think you would ever say it's it's uh, it's the fact that the, the the guys don't like each other. I think I don't think you would ever say it's that the guys don't like their coach. And I think that part has to be considered when you make your decision about what to do with head coach. He's Mo Egger. I'm James Rapine. You're listening to Cincy 360, noon to one every single weekday. Here on ESPN 1530, we're talking Marvin Lewis, his legacy. And I have a question for you, Mo, because I think it, it almost feels like, and you're closer to this than I am, <laughs> it almost Thanks. feels like, yeah, you're welcome, that fans might have reached almost a midlife crisis with Marvin Lewis. They're bored. It's dull. They're tired of the same day in, day out. They want something new. Never been through a midlife crisis, but I will say that you hear stories all the time about the CEO that looks at the secretary or that goes and buys the sports car, something like that. <laughs> How many times have we seen the the sixty five year old or you know fifty five year old in a, a new BMW convertible? Right. Do you think fans are, are are that way have reached their midlife crisis when it comes to Marvin Lewis? Yeah. Yeah, because I see it happen in other sports relationships. I think I think there are UC basketball fans when Mick Cronin was was flirting with UNLV that were like, yeah, I'm kind of ready for someone else. And th- and then you'd go, why? Like, why? What? Why? What? They're going to the NCAA tournament every year. Is it just because you want something else? You want something different? If if that's it, I don't agree, but just admit it to me. Yeah. You don't necessarily think that the program's in bad shape. You don't necessarily think the program's in bad hands. You just want, the, want something new and something different. And then Mick comes back. They have a very good season last year. They're going to have a hell of a season this year, I think. And you go, okay, you know what? Yeah, we really couldn't do much better than Mick Cronin. I think that happens all the time. I think it happens. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And to an extent with Reds fans and Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. Dusty's the most successful manager they've had since Lou Pinella. He goes to the playoffs three times in four years and they fire him. And I think for a lot of people, it was just, I'm ready for something else. They didn't necessarily get better as a team. They certainly haven't proven they got better at manager. But I think the Reds sort of catered to fans boredomness boredomness is not a word i used it anyway so i think with marvin lewis there there is that you've reached this point where you've had this relationship forever it's comfortable but it's also kind of stale you wonder what else is out there and so it leads you to think that maybe the bengals are in better hands with marvin lewis and i'm not sure they are yeah who knows if they are but it's a cautionary tale if you look around the league i was listening to to colin cowherd yesterday and he said something really interesting Who's the best coach not named Bill Belichick in the NFL right now? It might be Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. What he's doing in Kansas City, they're Mm -hmm. undefeated. Alex Smith, certainly a a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. Dynamic offense. And they've been good for a while there. They have. His worst season, I think this is his fifth year. The worst season was 9-7. and Yeah. They go 12-4 and last year without Jamal Charles playing. Alex Smith. (laughs) Once upon a time, Alex Smith was a bust, and San Francisco was wanting to run him out of town. 
And the interesting thing that, that Colin said, and I'm going to let you, you, you listen to it here in a second, he talked about Philadelphia and the, the fact that they ran them out of town. Cincy 360, you've heard what we've said. Here's what they said. So here's what Colin said, and this is interesting, and I think it could apply to Marvin Lewis. Here's Colin Cowherd on Andy Reid. I want to talk about the city of Philadelphia for three minutes which has to be the dumbest sports city in America because they ran Andy Reid out of town. This is amazing. Andy Reid's won 60% of his NFL games with average to below average quarterbacks. Nobody's done that in 20 years. He got to five NFC championships and a Super Bowl with a quarterback with an 85 passer rating in his career and a 59% completion ratio, Donovan McNabb. Nobody does that. Andy Reid has won 61% of his games. That's better than Mike Holmgren, who had a Hall of Fame quarterback or two. Bill Parcells, Tom Coughlin. It's even with a legend, Tom Landry. But Andy Reid got run out of Philadelphia. Now think about that. He won four straight NFC championships. Aaron Rodgers, with a great coach, with a good GM, in a weaker division. Aaron Rodgers, eight years, three NFC championships. And he went to five. Andy Reid was bum-rushed out of Philadelphia. (laughs) By the way, 19 years coaching, 16 non-losing seasons with average quarterbacks. He single-handedly resurrected Michael Vick's career. He single-handedly resurrected Alex Smith's career. San Francisco kicked Alex Smith out of town. Who does that? Winning with average quarterbacks. Joe Gibbs, about the only one I can think of, and he's called a legend. So, Mo, that's Colin Cowherd on Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's a guy who got to the playoffs a ton, could never win the big game, did get to a Super Bowl. Playoff wins, certainly under his belt. Philadelphia ran him out of town. Four NFC Championship games. And then they went through Chip Kelly. Three years, didn't mm-hmm. do much. Got to one playoff berth, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now that they're on another uh, another coach, Doug Peterson, Look at this Bengals team. Marvin Lewis, he changed the culture. He's done a lot. And Colin brought up the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Carson Palmer, good, not great. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton, good, not great. I don't know if those quarterbacks are winning a Super Bowl anywhere. Marvin's done a lot with those. No, he has done, a, done lot a lot with lot, those. He's right? done a lot with those. And, and the Andy Reid comparison, you know, Donovan McNabb was the MVP one year, but good, not great. Donovan McNabb's not going to be in Canton. You want to no. think about good, not great. And, and Andy Reid did have more playoff success. Alex Smith, good, not great. In fact, they've they've drafted his his replacement. Kind of all you could read the tea leaves. It's it's going to be Pat Mahomes at some point in Kansas City. So you you I think that the comparison works. By the way, people pick apart Andy Reid's lack of big postseason success. He's won playoff games. He's been in conference championship games and a Super Bowl. But you could pick apart and say, well, he hasn't won the big one. And people really beat up his clock management, and understandably so, because he might be the guy who's worse than Marvin Lewis in that regard. But <laughs> big picture. The dude has done almost nothing but win. He changes jobs. He shows up in Kansas City, and they win a lot. I think the comparison works. There's something to me about making sure you don't fall in love with the next big thing, and it feels like we do this all the time in the NFL. Chip Kelly was going to come in, and he was going to revolutionize the sport. Well, he's not doing that from his ESPN desk. Yeah. And Nick Saban's going to come in, and the Dolphins, dude's gone after a year and a half, goes back to college football, realizes in the NFL you really can't make that much of a difference, um, that much of a change. Um, 
I think there's there's sometimes great danger. Hugh Jackson, I hate to pick on Hugh. We all are rooting for him to have a chance to succeed. But a year and a half, Hugh Jackson, next big thing. Dude's 1-19. and 19. And it doesn't feel like they're moving forward that much. That's not directly on Hugh, but still. I feel like sometimes we fall in love with the next big thing so much that we fail to appreciate what we have. Doug Peterson might do a good job in Philadelphia. He might be the only person who actually looks good in a sun visor. Um, Chip Kelly had instant success. They won 10 games and went to the playoffs. They won 10 games his second year, and then he was gone by the end of his third year. I think there's sometimes you you gotta you gotta you gotta resist falling in love. Rex Ryan was gonna be the next big thing. Yeah, all talk. He was really good at the podium. Yeah. He wasn't good on game day. I think sometimes you have to to just you know step back and make sure you don't fall in love with what the next big thing is supposed to be. Yeah, you do, and it's easy to fall in love with that because you see Rex Ryan and he wins playoff games, and you're like, oh, he's a great coach. Eh, not really. I mean, his act wore thin quickly. Mm-hmm. Not many people have said that about Marvin. Outside of fans, how many players have said that about Marvin? That that his act wore thin or, or anything like that. Like Rex Ryan was a, a player's coach, but he he didn't get the players to to play. He didn't get the most out of them a lot of times. Marvin's done that here, mm-hmm. multiple scenarios. Heck, maybe this year is one of those years. I don't know. I I look at at Marvin and, and I look at his his legacy here. And who could do better with this roster right now? If there is someone out there, then go get him. Mm-hmm. But is Josh McDaniels that guy? Because he's a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Is that the guy? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe he he pulls a Sean McVay and he's great and he makes Andy Dalton a, a perennial pro bowler. Right. I don't think so. I think Andy Dalton is what he is. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a coach out there, head coach, that's going to make him into Drew Brees. We all loved Hugh Jackson as offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Hugh Jackson as offensive coordinator. Was Andy Dalton, wow, look at these extreme physical talents. No. He was good. Yeah. He was good in part because the talent around him was really good, and in part because I do think there was a natural just progression that Andy went through, but that I think would have occurred under anybody. Like Again, it sounds like we're picking on Hugh Jackson. I think to an extent Hugh got too much credit for that. I, I think Andy just moved into that stage in, in his career where – he had fewer liabilities. He had few, fewer limitations. He was always going to be limited. He did some things better as opposed to his first couple of years. I just think he naturally progressed. And then the team around him was slowly built very, very well. Hugh had little to do with that. And again, th- this sounds like I'm picking on him because I picked on him a lot this week on, on two different shows. But I, I, I think I think that what Hugh had to work with was pretty good to begin with. Yeah, Hugh Jackson said we interviewed him the day he got the offensive coordinator gig, and he goes, "A lot of guys would be offensive coordinator for the first time in a city, and really like to have what I have to work with." Yeah. He had something to work with there, and I think a lot of other people, not Ken Zampezi, would have achieved the same level of success. <laughs> you mentioned having having something to work with, and we talked about the Reds. You briefly mentioned them. Dusty Baker was coaching and managing a team when the roster was slowly declining. They were starting to get older at the end, towards mm-hmm, the end. Mm-hmm. And you get rid of him and you bring in Brian Price and you expect things to be different, but the roster was still trending downward. Right. Marvin Lewis kind of dealt with the same thing. After 15, a lot of the talent went away. Yeah. Whether it's free agency with the front office, just couldn't keep him, didn't want to keep him. That's what made that, that playoff loss hurt so much. Correct. You kind of knew the window for this particular bunch is about to close. Yeah, so the thing is with that is, is Marvin, did the window close because of Marvin? Is the window closed because of his coaching, or is it closed because he might not have enough talent? And is there a guy that could get that much more out of this team 
with a team with this talent that doesn't have maybe necessarily all the talent you need to make a run. I think people link Marvin and Andy so much that what they're going to say is move forward with one, not the other. You're going to say, look, you got a limited quarterback and a head coach with a limited big game resume, right? Yep. So they're going to say, we've talked a lot about Andy Dalton's future here. Andy Dalton has a contract beyond 2017. Obviously, the Bengals can pretty much get out from underneath it. Marvin Lewis does not. I think what you're going to hear a lot of people say is, okay, fine. What you said about Marvin Lewis is true. Give him a different quarterback, and that's harder to find than a head coach. You know, give give Marvin a better quarterback, and then let's see what he can do. But it's harder to get a good quarterback. So, all right, so give Andy Dalton someone that might be better as a head coach. I think people are are have have tied those two and their lack of postseason success and talked about their limitations so much together that now it's for a lot of people it's going to be one or the other. You've heard what we've said. You've heard what they've said. Up next. We're going to hear what you said. Question of the day, should fans appreciate what they have in Marvin Lewis instead of wanting to run him out of town? We'll hear from you as we roll on here. He's Mo Egger. I'm James Erpine. You're listening to Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. Join Cincy 360. Tweet us now at James Rapine. 60 minutes, one topic, every angle, all local. This is Cincy 360, segment three. On ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincy 360 rolls on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. By the way, today, 305 on ESPN 1530, Marvin Lewis's press conference will play the Did Blandy Dalton Say Anything Interesting game. Blandy! We have UC head coach Mick Cronin on the show today, James Rapine from the locker room, and a whole bunch more. Loaded show today, 305 on ESPN. 1530, you've heard what we say, you've heard what they say. Colin Cowherd will hear what you say coming up in about uh, three minutes. Let me, however, present this side when it comes to the whole Marvin Lewis thing, because I agree there's great comfort level that should be considered. I brought up how the players might feel about Marvin Lewis. We've talked about his considerable legacy. We've talked about his his flaws. We've talked about his the holes on his resume. We've talked about how they've often overachieved. We've talked about how this season should be viewed maybe beyond do they go to the playoffs or do they win a playoff game. That said, you mentioned a name before. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay in Los Angeles. Yeah. Right now, we're a quarter of the way through the season. This will change. If you're voting for coach of the year, he might win. They just upset the Dallas Cowboys. Who would have had them at 3-1? and one? They've got a quarterback. I like Jared Goff. They've got some pieces on defense. That's a tough division. Should be a tough division. And, and yet 3-1, and one, leading the NFC West. A year ago, if I would have said, Sean McVay, hire him. Who? People would have gone, huh, what? Who? Maybe somebody would have gone to school with him at Miami and remembered who he is. <laughs> I don't know. So I do think, I think there's... There's great uh, danger in falling in love with the next big thing, big name. You know the minute the Bengals would have a coaching vacancy, you'd hear, the oh, hire Bill Cowher. Not happening. Hire John Gruden. Ain't going to happen. I do, however, think that sometimes you have to take a step back and explore what's under a rock somewhere. Who's, who's a guy that might have legitimate coaching chops that we're not thinking about, who could do things a little bit differently and perhaps better, that might inject um, some energy into the franchise? The thing I didn't like, would keep bringing up the Reds, when the Reds fired Dusty Baker, I had no problem with them hiring Brian Price. I didn't like how they did it. Because to me, your first managerial vacancy in seven years, explore, see what else is out there, mm-hmm. turn over some rocks, talk to some people. By the way, you learn a lot about your own organization 
I think, when you're interviewing others who give you perspective on your organization as outsiders. I think that would have worked. It's why I laugh when people talk about the Reds hiring Barry Larkin. Like, no, don't do it that way again. Talk to everybody. This team hasn't had a head coaching vacancy since the end of the 2002 season. Yeah. There, to me, might be some merit in exploring for the first time in a decade and a half what else might be out there. Sure. If you go through a bad breakup or someone you've dated for a long time, divorce, anything like that, what do your friends tell you? Oh, man, live it up. Be single. Explore what's out there. Don't jump right back in. Go on dates. And in so many times, you, you see men, women jump right back into another relationship. Two weeks later, you know, a week later, and you're like, oh, do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I mean, that's the thing is you know what you have in Marvin. If you're going to give that up, make sure you find something better. Mm-hmm. Don't make it a risk. Mm-hmm. Make it a guarantee. Make it something where you do find a Sean McVay or you do find – Whoever that next up-and-comer is, I do like the idea of an offensive coach being at the helm of the Bengals. I wouldn't rip the Bengals if they did move on from Marvin, but you got to get the hire right. Mm-hmm. Will they? I mean, it's that simple, because if you don't, well, then you are going to the Stone Ages, potentially. You're mm-hmm. going back to the 90s, and that's what I, I call them as the Stone Ages, I guess. So uh, it's one of those things where there's risk in it. There could be reward. It just matters if if Mike Brown and the Bengals organization wants to gamble. If you go the Sean McVay route, you might end up with Sean McVay. You could also end up with Dave Shula. I remember. I remember Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety one. I remember that. Hey, we got this hot new assistant. He's he's got you know comes from a great coaching background, Dave Shula. So yes, you might end up with Sean McVay. You also could end up with totally in over his head, Dave Shula. That's the risk. Cincy 360, here's what you said. All right, it's time for what you said. Question of the day, should fans appreciate what they have in Marvin Lewis instead of wanting to run him out of town? Be sure on Twitter to use the hashtag Cincy360. Mo's on Twitter, at Moegger1530. I'm on Twitter, at James Erpine. And we got a bunch of tweets here. Jeremy says, we should appreciate what we got from Marvin over the past decade for sure. But the future is a different story. It is a different story, but but I think it's okay. I think it's okay to consider the past when looking ahead to the future, and I think you also have to assess the present. And I know that sounds awful at one and three. Mm-hmm. And trust me, if if the season continues the way it has begun, I'll yell and scream about Marvin Lewis probably more than anybody. That said, this season, I come back to what I said in the first segment. This season has not been about 2017 for me. If this team got to the postseason, that's an overachievement. That's great. If that happens, there's no doubt in my mind I want Marvin Lewis coming back. How are these younger players responding to the coaching they're getting? And if they're responding well, that might not reflect in the win-loss record. It would be better than 2-14. and 14. But if, if they're responding well, then I want those young players and this head coach to move forward next year when I think they can legitimately contend. It's interesting you mentioned players. MLG Merck says, Marvin Lewis is a great judge of talent, but a terrible motivator of men. How do we know? I don't know. <laughs> How do we know that? I don't know. How, do we know what I – okay, we make fun of his T-shirts. Those are kind of stupid. Most coaches do that, though. Right. Silly that, sayings. Of course. Yeah, like you – he's, he's a poor motivator. I will say this. Marvin, at the end of last year, said, what I've typically done to get through to this bunch isn't working. I thought that was telling at the time. At the same time, the bunch has changed. Mm-hmm. Fifteen guys were on this roster in the opening week – that have never played an NFL snap. 
do do these young guys again? I, I judge this team by its younger players. I'm not yeah. interested in Michael Johnson. I'm not interested in Adam Jones as much. I'm interested in the guys that are going to be here two, three years from now, and hopefully they're ready to be really good again. Do, do they look like they're unmotivated? Yeah, and and does doesn't that say something about Marvin though? Like if a teacher steps back and is like, "Yeah, I've coached for 25 years, or I've te- taught for 25 years," and, and the 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 fraction the way I teach fractions has worked for 25 years, but now these kids aren't getting it because of whatever reason. And they change their philosophy a little bit. Mm-hmm. They recognize it's not working and change it. I think that says something good about Marvin that he recognized that it wasn't maybe getting the job done. Yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. It's hard to recognize, oh, I'm flawed. I need to figure it out. Let's get a, a couple more in here. And this one, D. Grimm is pretty grim on this one. He says, seriously, what is there to, pre- uh, what is there to appreciate it? Uh, he means, what is there to appreciate? I have nothing to hang my hat on as a fan of the Bengals. Capitals, nothing. Emphatic. I, you go all caps in a tweet, you're emphatic. Yep. I get it. I don't agree with it. I, I, more than anybody, I wish this team had by now experienced. If you would have told me at the end of the 2003 season, mm-hmm. when Marvin Lewis was, to use an overused phrase, the toast of the town, if you would have told me at that point that we're going to be sitting here, I'll be 40 years old, waiting for the Bengals to win their first playoff game under Marvin Lewis, I'd have said you're out of your mind. Yeah. From that standpoint, it's been an unmitigated failure. There's no getting around that. But within those 14, 15 years are some coaching successes by him that can't be ignored. And again, it's it's about the entirety of the franchise. It's about the entirety of the team. One playoff game, a playoff resume isn't the only thing I look at. I look at the entire body of work, and I think the entire body of work has been pretty good. I agree. I hope I, that made sense. No, it it, do, it does. Look, the entire body of work is what, seven playoff appearances, right? Is it seven? It's seven. Seven, yeah, oh, and seven. Why did I even ask? <laughs> <laughs> seven playoff appearances, an over 500 record with B quarterbacks. Like, what if you just boiled it down to that? Oh, you're not never going to have a superstar quarterback. Look at the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. Seriously, mm-hmm. that everyone names Brad Johnson. That was no like two, since two then, decades. Since ago. then, it's the same well, guys. Like, yeah, for the most part, you have to be a great at quarterback to win the Super Bowl. You gotta, you, you might get there. You gotta be great at something. I, I don't. Yes, you gotta be great. The Denver Broncos two years ago were an exception because they were historically great on defense, and they still had Peyton Manning. I know he was a dead <laughs> Peyton Manning, but he was still Peyton Manning. I mean, think about it: Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. You don't have that. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Joe Flacco's the exception. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. That's probably the worst quarterback Super Bowl we've had in a while. Flacco versus Cap. Yeah. And they were good at the time, I'm just saying, in hindsight. And and Joe Flacco was so bad that because of that Super Bowl, he signed at the time the richest contract in the history of the NFL. Nuts. Nuts. So, yeah, I, I just... So if average quarterback wins Super Bowl, guess what? You're going to be screwed for a while because you're going to have to pay him to be... Something that he's not. Yes, exactly, and then and then it sets you back. So I, I, I like think that problem, by the way. Yes, well, yeah, <laughs> um, but ultimately, how how good is your quarterback? I, I mean, I think that that's a big deal to do with it. Uh, we'll see what they do with Marvin. We'll be back at it tomorrow here, noon to one, every single day. This is Cincy three sixty. He's Mo Egger. I'm James Erpine. Check out the podcast on the iHeart Radio app and on the blog at ESPN fifteen thirty. Dot com. We'll be back at it at 3.05. Thank you so much for listening to Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. Voice your opinion. Tweet us now at Moegger 1530 or at James Rapine. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.